I wish you would pray about the church situation, all the churches. I was reading in the paper yesterday, I believe it was, where so many churches, including Baptist churches, are closing up. And uh, many of them are having to combine with other churches just to keep the doors open. That's the reason I think the Lord did everything here is paid for and God's took care of us. I really do. And uh, it, it means so much because we're going to always keep the doors open. Amen? You never know when somebody gets saved and God blesses and God's working. I've been studying the book of Genesis, and in studying the book of Genesis, it refers me to back to James a couple of times, and then I got stuck in the book of James, so I've been in there. And so tonight, if you would please turn to James chapter 4, I just, uh, if you've never really studied the book of Genesis thoroughly, you ought to go back and read it all over again. Because I'd love to read that book. But it has so much to do, the, the, all, all through the Bible you'll find that it refers back to the book of Genesis and, and its teachings. But uh, if you would, I'd like to begin in verse 9 of James chapter 4. Be afflicted and mourn, weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one to another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judges the law. But if thou judgest the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy, who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into a, such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For of what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For that you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boasting. All such boasting is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' precious name. Been looking forward all day to this message, this service, Lord, and how you've blessed me over the years and just studying the book of James and realizing my own self and I pray, dear God, that you'll help each one here tonight to glory in the fact that we love you, Lord, and you're our Savior. And we're humbled every time we think about how great you are. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was with a preacher several years ago, and he was in a financial situation in the church. And me and him sat down and talked to it. I said, buddy, if you go to the people and tell the people that you made a mistake in doing in finances and things and tell be honest with you people, they'll get behind you and pay this thing off. He said, I will never admit I made a mistake. And the church fell and everything went with it. And what the Bible has a lot to say about is humility. And talking to a Christian. Now, 
Verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Verse 10 is the verse of instruction on how to approach the Lord God Himself, humbly. Verse 6, the same chapter, James says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. If there's one thing in this world I sure don't want is God resisting me. Amen? Now, there are similar words spoken by Jesus in Matthew 23, verse 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. The reason that I got into the book of James was I was studying the, or how sin began to work in the, first, in the beginning of creation in Cain and Abel, and uh, Cain, being so proud, wouldn't humble himself before God and admit uh, he thought his own works was greater than God's command when it comes to worshiping. And uh, Matthew 23, 12, Luke 14, 11, Luke 18, 14, all have to do with humbling ourselves before men. But in James, he is speaking of humiliating ourselves before God, uh, humbling ourselves before First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he shall lift you up. This is a promise of God. This is not a promise of man. This is a promise of God. If we humble ourselves before God, then he will lift you out of any circumstances, whether it be temptation of sin or despair. First Peter 5, 6 also says that he may exalt you in due time. God says keeps his promise. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. One of the conditions of having your prayers answered is having a humble spirit and a humble heart. Verse 11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Again, James is speaking to Christian brethren here. James issues a strong command. He says, Speak not evil one of another. Now, in Titus 3, verses 1, puts it this way. Put them in mind to speak evil of no man. So we are not to say anything about anyone for the purpose of doing him injury. Now, we may not agree with them on everything, but to criticize a brother, that saved brother now, in the presence of an unbeliever is a bad testimony. In other words, when you... Uh, I, I know we'll forget here when one old preacher say you don't get in... Uh, a conversation with somebody, arguing back and forth with somebody in public because they don't know which one's the idiot. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. And it's a true saying. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as for Christ's sake has forgiven you. That's the verses 
that I learned several years ago about forgiving people. Now, it's hard to forgive people the things they say and do against you a lot of time. But you can do it if you realize what Jesus has forgiven you for. And when you put that in perspective, uh, a mere man doing you something, after all, God forgave you everything. Surely you can forgive somebody else then. James goes on to say, He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother. Now, to speak evil of the brother is to condemn him, and this is a job of judge. Now, anyone doing such a thing is setting themselves up then as a judge. And this James strongly rebukes. He goes on to say in verse 11, uh, verse uh, 10, speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. What law? The royal love of love. James chapter 2. Turn back there for just a minute now. James chapter 2 and look at verse 8. James chapter 2 verse 8. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. So he's talking about the royal love and that's to love our neighbor. Now James chapter 4 Verse 11 goes on to say, But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. The truth is, those who are so ready to pass judgment upon their brethren are the ones who are least careful about themselves. And they are the ones who need correction and rebuke in their own lives. James himself said in Matthew, uh, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. Again, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Jesus was not forbidding the formation of opinions concerning the character and conduct of others, as some would try to say, because Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 and 20, Jesus prescribed the, uh, the means of such discerning judgment. You shall know them by their fruits. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Uh, then when Jesus said, Judge not, he was speaking of passing unjust and unfounded and unchristian judgment on another Christian. In other words, don't be too quick to judge a fellow Christian until you've been put in the same test that they're going through. And then you can understand, verse 12, there's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? God is the one lawgiver. God is the only one each of, uh, of us are accountable to then. Now, in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 4, Paul said, He that judges me is the Lord. Notice this also. Who is able to save and destroy? This has a two-way meaning. Number one, God, one and only, lawgiver and judge, set down the law that the soul that sinneth it shall die. God said that, not man. And the same lawgiver and judge also said in Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death. Now, since no human being has ever been without sin, we're all under the condemnation of God's law, doomed forever. And God alone is able to carry out the judgment he pronounced. Notice God's law knows no mercy. But God, the giver of the law, is rich in mercy. Ephesians 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 5, verse 4. He commended His love 
Romans chapter 5 verse 8. He commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, God can be just and the justifier of which him believeth in Jesus Christ, Romans 3.26. So God alone is able to save and destroy. Notice too, this word destroy in James chapter 4 verse 12 does not mean annihilation or extension because the soul, the spirit, the inner man will never cease to exist someplace. The word destroy means then to ruin, loss of will, being, external separation from God. Notice the last part of verse 12. Who art thou that judgest another? Romans 14, verse 4. Paul asked a similar question. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? Then Romans chapter 4, uh, 14, verse 10 through 12, uh, 13 says, According to these scriptures, the righteous wrong, a brother conduct will be determined at the judgment seat of Christ then. So why should we judge somebody else when it's all going to come out of the judgment seat of Christ anyhow? Now, notice Paul says again in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Here's the point. The closer we live to God, the more we realize how totally dependent we are upon Him. Number one, for salvation. Number two, for victory over the world. Number three, for victory over the flesh. Number four, for victory over Satan. In Psalms 9, verse 7 and 8, the Lord has prepared His throne for judgment, and He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Now, in the closing verses of chapter 4, James makes it very clear, clear how foolish it is to make plans without taking God into our plans. Don't you notice James chapter 4 now, verse uh, 13 and verse 14. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. And verse 15 says, For that you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. That's the reason that I tell people all the time and, and I, I sincerely believe this. Live today. Don't plan everything in the future. So many people plan for 30 years from now or when they retire, when they get old. You don't even know if you're going to get old. You don't even know if you're going to live tomorrow. And I'm not talking about living foolishly because the Bible says plainly tells you in the book of Proverbs to notice the end, how he prepares for the days ahead. So we are to prepare for the days ahead, but not like we're going to live for eternity. We are to put up savings and so on, but don't plan on living. Live today. And God will bless you for doing it and live rightly. We are to live like David said in Psalms 37. If you turn there just a minute, I want to just read you part of it. In Psalms 37, for just a second. And look with me, please, in verse 5. Psalms 37, verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. He shall bring it to pass. Now going down to verse 23 of the same chapter. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. If you live day by day depending on the Lord to guide and lead you, the Bible says in you that's a good life. 
Now, let's, let's go on to the next thing it's taught here in James chapter 4, at verse 15. Verse 15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will. Now, uh, in Acts chapter 18, verse 21, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem. But I will return again unto you if God will. In 1 Corinthians 4.19, I will come to you shortly if the Lord will. The child of God must begin to recognize the will of God and it's always best. Verse 16. Now here, uh, arrogant, growing, and exalted, and evil. Verse 16. But... Now you rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. And in verse 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Did you know the Bible also gives other definitions of sin? In Romans 14, verse 23, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. First uh, John 3, 4, Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John 5:17, All unrighteous sin. Proverbs 21, verse 4. A high look and a proud heart in the plowing of the wicked is sin. Uh, Proverbs 24, 9. The thoughts of foolishness is sin. All these definitions of sin prove one thing. There's none righteous, no, not one. Now, James chapter 4 is written, I believe, for one simple purpose. Why should I judge somebody else how they live? The, the thing that i got to do is judge myself and keep myself right before the Lord. And when you do that, uh, you're proving one thing. There's none righteous. I'm not no any better than you are. You're no better than I am in the sight of Almighty God. And therefore, if, if, if we would learn to live the kind of life that day by day, Lord, you guide my steps, you lead me, Lord, and keep me straight in your sight that I might treat others like you'd have me to treat them. And be like the golden rule says, uh, that that's the way we have to live. And don't judge everything that comes in the world. Live at peace with everybody. And that's what it's about. And, and I believe James chapter 4 is a great teaching chapter. Amen. And as I was reading these two brothers in the book of Genesis, and it's, it's really interesting when it comes down to what caused Cain to sin like he did. Envy and strife and just uh, envying his brother because his brother did right and he did wrong. And James said that's how you get in trouble. You're looking at somebody else and not yourself. And that's what James is about. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, it's been a good day. And I do thank you for watching over keeping us. And dear God, I would pray again, take care of this family and this record and these little children. And thank you, Lord, for Ron and using there. And Father, I pray for each one here tonight that you'll go with us out of this place and watch over us. I pray for those that could not be here tonight, those that's traveling. And Lynn, Lord, and Mrs. Harden, and, and others, Lord, is out on the road 